Hello, and welcome to Celebrate Like a CEO. I am your host, Stefan Whitwell, Austin-based CEO of Whitwell & Company, a nationwide wealth management firm. Every Monday, I bring on some of the brightest and best business owners and CEOs in the country to talk shop, get their insights on how to run a successful business, and importantly, how to succeed without burning out by taking the time to celebrate. Now, let's get to today's show. Today, we have a really cool guy joining us, and his name is J.B. Sauceda. Most people know J.B. from his time building a logistics company that he sold a couple of years ago, but he's actually spent a significant chunk of his career in retail and social media after cutting his teeth as a commercial advertising photographer. He's also a licensed pilot, a proud dad and husband, and now an entrepreneur in residence who helps coach other business owners at an incubator focused on logistics businesses called Saltbox. Welcome, JB. It's so good to have you here on Celebrate Like a CEO. Um, I, uh, I've got a bunch of fun questions here for you, and I want to start like back in the day. So if I had met you when you were five and asked you what you wanted to be when you grow up, how would you have answered? Hmm. I don't know that I really remember. I mean, I can tell you some of the jobs that I thought that I wanted uh, over the years. I thought that I wanted to go to music school. Uh, I thought that I wanted to join the Air Force and become a pilot. Um, Was that before or after Top Gun? That uh, that was definitely after, um, de- definitely after Top Gun. Uh, I think all of us yeah. wanted to be the Air Force pilot after that movie came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I don't think I I really ever thought about it at that age. Um, I mean, I, I think I did the typical stuff, right, like police officer, or like fire firefighter, or something like that. Um, yeah. But for the most part, uh, you know, I, I tended to have shiny object syndrome and, and kind of chase whatever the most recent thing was that I thought was cool. So, um, yeah, so I would, I would say that's probably, uh, more, more the more accurate, uh, answer to that question. Now you, you didn't go into the air force, but you did become a pilot. How did you, uh, Correct. what did you actually get your license? Uh, that was in 2015 and, and yeah, I, uh, always wanted to do it. And then when we first started our business and it was kind of taken off and, doing well. I had some time and flexibility in the mornings to go, uh, fly and, and, uh, train. And yeah, I I started in the fall of 2014 and finished in, um, January, uh, 23rd of, uh, of uh, 2015 was, was when I did my check ride. And, um, yeah, it's been great. I, it's like, you know, a very small kind of fraternity of people, of humans who've ever been able to, you know, take flight and control where they're doing it and, um, happy to be part of it. So I, I haven't, I'm not in that fraternity. I've not, mm-hmm. not ever flown a plane, assisted or unassisted. What was that first solo flight like where it's just you and the plane up there in the sky? I mean, what, what were you feeling? Um, you know, for me, it was really, uh, you know, I, I like this kind of build up moment where, you know, by the time you do it, you've already 
done the exercise of like taking off and landing multiple times. Um, but this, the like kind of freedom and flexibility of like being in the plane without someone to, to sort of safety net catch you is, is, uh, it's very gratifying and, and, um, you know, you just feel like a magician in a way. I mean, the, the, the sort of practice of going up in a plane and, and, uh, managing all of the kind of different things you have to manage to, to stay afloat, um, you know, feels very daunting when you watch it take place, but when you do it and it's all sort of this choreographed dance, like you don't, it all just kind of becomes second nature and, and, um, the, the sort of confidence and the, okay, it's time to go do it, um, that you get from it. Um, or that moment when someone says like, yeah, it's time for you to go do it. Uh, it's cool. And then it's, there's like this kind of mental stamp that you put on your ability to, to perform, um, you know, the second you pull back on that yoke and, and, uh, you know, you're not really done until you get land, land back down on the ground. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a really, really great feeling. Sounds amazing. So, uh, speaking of taking flight, you have built several success businesses. Uh, you sold one, uh, in Mm -hmm. the last couple of years and you're, you're building a new one. Um, Mm -hmm. how did you tell me a little bit about the, the business that you're building right now? And, and, uh, I think you've got several on deck, but you know, yeah. the, the one that you're devoting most of your time to. And how did you, how did you get into it? Yeah. So, uh, had started a few, um, the most recent kind of exit was, um, a logistics business called Salceda Industries. Um, you know, the, the, the gist of it is that I really didn't, um, I didn't have a background in logistics, but, uh, was kind of trying to eat my own dog food, so to speak, in, in terms of, uh, providing the services uh, that I needed for my retail business, uh, to other people. Um, and so that was a, uh, yeah, that was a really great experience and sold the company about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, this July. Um, as far as what I'm working on now, uh, I'm kind of stewing on a new idea that, um, is in the, you know, it's funny you asked the question about what I want to be when I grow up. Um, I call it like the, what do I want to be grow up when I grow up or like, what do I want to do next? Question, <laughs> which I think a lot of people uh, kind of struggle with and, and, um, like how to sort of ideate and like get the confidence that they have the, the like applicable skills to kind of make career changes and things like that. So, um, so that's where I'm going as far as kind of what I'm more directly working on now. Um, you know, I'm working as an entrepreneur in residence with a, a great company called Saltbox, which is a, uh, you know, a, a warehousing, like co-warehousing business, um, in which they, you know, build and, and provide, uh, very accessible and and cool and and um, you know extremely well built out warehouse environments for uh, small businesses who are at the kind of early stages of growth in which um, you know mo- getting warehouse space and scaling your logistics is actually a very capital intensive uh, you know investment uh, relative to the rest of the, the company and so um, yeah what they're doing is is I think great for the small business market and. Um, you know, the, the types of customers that I, I really worked with a lot over the years. And so uh, when they found out that I was going to be back out working again as a uh, entrepreneur and had left the company who had acquired my previous one, uh, they called me up and said, why don't you come build here? So I'll be working alongside a lot of the merchants and, and people who work in their business and, um, you know, building my business and, and uh, using my kind of background in storytelling to really uh, build a platform of, of storytelling around the, the SMB experience for Saltbox, which will be a lot of fun. Very fun. Let me go back to the company that you just sold um, several years ago. Uh, super, super competitive uh, mm-hmm. space. Uh, and I hear CEOs all the time talk about 
um, the, the difficulty of finding the right people and retaining the right people. Mm-hmm. And, and when you think about differentiating your business from another one and yours is being successful, others were struggling, you know, you made it through tough times, others didn't. What can, can you talk a little bit about um, what made your team different? Uh, than maybe some of the teams at, at competitive firms that helped you get through some of the crazy times in the last three years? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, like we have a philosophy that, um, you know, every business that's being built is in effect, um, you know, they're, they're not responsibility, but they're like, you know, oftentimes it can be distilled down to or or, or oversimplified that like, the only customer of a business is the people buying the services. And I, I disagree with that. I think that there are two, you know, customers of a business, you know, number one, uh, the people who serve uh, you serve with the services or the products that you sell. And then the other is um, the, the people who work there and like manage it, right? Like a, a company is a set of systems designed to solve a problem. And those systems are operated by people. And so, um, you know, the the business will at any given moment sort of have different offerings to those people who operate it, uh, pay, size, uh, upward mobility, you know, kind of uh, skills and leadership and development. Like they're, they're, they're learning and development. There are a lot of different things that, that a company can offer to the people that work there. Um, but, you know, I think that really successful and, and um, you know, long lasting companies that uh, want to compete in highly competitive business or like industries um, shouldn't only focus on competing in the like, you know, the marketplace in which they sell their services. They should also think about how uh, they're attracting and retaining the best talent in the industry that uh, can help them, you know, really eke out that like small amount of, of like, you know, performance improvement that, you know, allows them to kind of win the gold medal. So um, I think irrespective of, of, of industry, um, it's a, it's actually, you know, unfortunately a very easy thing, um, in, in theory or, you know, uh, to, to kind of like leverage as a differentiating point, because, you know, again, a lot of companies, um, you know, when they think about it, they're like, I got in the business of X and they kind of describe their industry and they say like, you know, I didn't really get in the business of like managing people or whatever. And they always think about it as sort of like a chore that they have to do to go and make money. And my stance is that like, if you can actually walk and chew gum and, and, and build a product, like kind of a, an employer product that is compelling and, and motivates really great people to work there, um, you can trade on that, right? And, and you don't have to just be caught on this kind of treadmill of paying people more and more and more and more money. Because um, there are a lot of people who like the financial safety and the, the, their well-being is like important, but so is getting up out of bed to go solve a really compelling problem with really compelling people. And that's really what like makes people, you know, excited about staying at, at great companies like your Southwest Airlines and your, you know, all these companies that have these like really great cultures. So um, for us, that was an important component of, of like competing in the logistics space uh, because most companies that, that we were competing against didn't really care that that's not something that they focused on. That's not something they even really considered a, a strength or uh, capability of, of theirs. So um, in, a, in a really big way, uh, you know, we leaned into that and and said, let's make culture the product um, because we know that we're, you know, we, everybody can do logistics, but we want to make sure that we have like the best team possible and that, that, that'll create the sticky relationship that uh, will make customers want to come here and stay, you know, so. Human, human capital, right? right. The most, yeah. most important yeah. kind of capital out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, 
two, two things I want to ask you about. Um, but, but one is, do, do you, when, when you were running this, the company and, and the team, large team of people, were you using like EOS or OKRs or some kind of a framework for goal setting and planning? How, how did, you know, how did you organize, uh, you know, the team, if you will, around specific goals? What was kind of your, your go-to approach on that? We, uh, you know, early on we didn't, because I think a lot of first time entrepreneurs kind of don't really have their sort of like, uh, you know, their, you know, playbooks the wrong way or wrong word, but like, you know, when you're, when you're again, starting a company for the first time in your mind, you're like, you are trying to do the thing that you got into business for. Uh, you aren't necessarily considering the people component, the like operations and all that. It's like not always like the strength or the skill set. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, it, 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 like the, the, the running a company kind of doesn't always come naturally. So for us, that was the case. It was like, we were kind of like working our way through problems and like making it in spite of ourselves, not because of ourselves and learning that, you know, uh, we were spending a lot of time and energy trying to figure out like, well, how do we meet? How do we plan? How do we, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so, uh, finally we, you know, I talked to enough other entrepreneurs who were like, they're like people have figured this out. There are, you know, a handful of different ways you can do it. Just kind of pick a system that other people use and just stick to that. So um, yeah. that's basically what we did. We we used uh, what's called EOS, Entrepreneur's Operating System, and integrated that into the process of, of our, our company, you know, probably three or four years in. And it really helped us kind of codify a lot of things around our core values and uh, goal setting and, and all of the stuff that really makes um, running a business difficult uh, if you don't have it. And so um, that was really rocket fuel for us. I mean, I still have my, um, you know, you can't see it in the, uh, you know, this podcast, but like I have my book um, of like my, the years of planning that we did that I still keep close by. Mm. The basic frameworks and stuff are just really helpful. And um, I use them for uh, everything. And, and um, you know, the, the core components of it are all the things that you've heard in other big corporations, QBRs, you know, you know quarterly planning, et cetera, like all that sort of stuff. companies do but like when you're starting something from scratch like you don't have those things you haven't decided like how things work around here and so yeah you're just trying to figure out the most basic things how do we stick around till tomorrow or make things basic things right right yeah when when you're trying to get like shift into working on the business and not in it like having a set of tools is, is helpful and to the extent you don't have to go reinvent those tools that's that works too so for me this is my playbook and Every business I, I run and build, like, you know, this is what I incorporate. You know, so it's uh, it's been really helpful in that way. I, I can certainly relate to uh, your sharing that in the beginning it, it wasn't even on the radar. Um, that's certainly been the case for me in businesses that I built, and with a few few you know few years under my belt, that now I have that like you do. But uh, yeah, in the beginning, I definitely didn't. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of the coolest things that I, I I'm not on social media as much as maybe I should be. Uh, but have enjoyed following you and, and seeing some fun things you did uh, to celebrate with your team and to just be there with your team in the trenches through some of the biggest challenges of the last three years. And I don't know why it, it resonates with me or I still remember it, but I, I, I feel like I saw a post on Instagram or something about a Red Bull uh, team meeting or something where it was just kind of lighthearted, fun, and probably needed. Uh, but, you know, Tell me a little bit about a little more about um, you know how you how you like to celebrate with your team. Like what? How do you like to celebrate the small wins? Um, uh, and how have you you know celebrated some of the bigger wins on the team? 
Yeah, you know, I think um, it. Uh, Am I right? By the way, was there some Red Bull thing you did? Like, I'm, I know you did a ton of things, but I was I trying to think about the Red, the Red Bull thing. Um, what that was? Um, oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I know what you're talking about. We had some team members at our warehouse who used to like shotgun Red Bulls, uh, like as just kind of like a way to kick off like peak season and things like that. You know? Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, that that I didn't ever do that's that. Probably like, what it was. But that's kind of the the stuff that like you know again um, you know when, when I think about culture, it's like the way things work around here is kind of like the the way to to summarize what it means, and um, and it and it's uh, and so like for me, enabling people to kind of celebrate in the way that is meaningful to them was always like what was important. Um, but you know, like I think that. Uh, the job of a leader of a company is to notice things, right? Like pattern recognition and, you know, all the stuff that like helps you synthesize, like, where do we go from here? How are we doing? And, and all of that. But one of the most valuable things that you can provide as a CEO at any scale is like, you know, sort of attention. And, and it doesn't have to be super in depth. It's, you know, I think people understand that you're busy and you're in, in a lot of different places, but to the extent that you can, you know, sort of show people that you notice what's happening throughout the organization, like that goes really far uh, for a lot of people. Yeah. So when I think about like, why did people like working for me or for our company, that was a big component of it was that like, I really tried to carve out a part of my day every day to sort of understand what's happening throughout the organization. Like what sort of, you know, communication channels are there that like are, are funneling those things up to me to be able to highlight and like emphasize the behavior that we wanted to see, you know, throughout the company. So um so, yeah, I mean, we, you know, it ran the gamut. It, it was everything from like taking people on trips to, uh, you know, just being like, hey, this was a tough week. Meet me across the street at the bar. Whoever wants to come over company cards, buying beers, you know, like it, it doesn't have to be as as like detailed and programmatic, I think, as some people think, like with these, you know, merch and this, like you achieved this or that. Like, you know, I mean, we, we had moments where we were like moving warehouses, which was just like always the worst thing in the world. It was just all this work. Mm -hmm. It was tough. It was hard. Um, and, uh, you know, we would make merch around that, you know, to like actually lean into the suck. It was like, let's actually celebrate how much that sucked, you know, and, and, <laughs> and, and like assign some value to the fact that you survived this thing that was like really terrible experience, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I'm just, I'm someone who, who typically tends to be the person who injects levity into, um, kind of varying circumstances. And, and that's kind of just the way that I, I sort of like make light of how hard it is to build, you know, businesses. And so, um, <laughs> you know, that, that, that was always the way that I, I would celebrate like kind of the wins and the losses, you know? So what I'm hearing is, uh, take the time to notice. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, just, yeah. you know, and I, and I think you're right. Being that feeling of being acknowledged, like, Oh, Hey, you know, he, he saw that I did this or he's acknowledging the hard work that we're putting in can make that alone can make a huge, huge difference. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and I'll also say, just personally, um, I've always admired how you balance being, I mean, you're obviously very um, serious about um, uh, giving the business side of it, of building a business your attention and, and thoughtful and uh, doing you know homework to make sure that you're really prepared. Um, but you also have a fun, you know, light side. You made reference to humor. Um, and I, if I'm not mistaken, you also have a you launched years ago, one of the um, better known sites on the internet as it relates to Texas mm -hmm. uh, culture and Texas comedy. Is that, yeah. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. 
tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I I started a, a Twitter account called uh, Texas Humor back in 2011 um, that uh, has you know kind of taken off and really become a, a fairly well known brand, um, just kind of in the sort of like satire of Texas genre. Um, but yeah, it's been a fun um, business. I you know I I'm like you know truthfully I'm, I'm like I've waffled a little bit more recently. I'm like, do I sell this thing and like kind of move on or or not? Um, and for for reasons that are kind of like probably too complex to get into here but i think it um it's been such a i've had like an interesting relationship with it because it, it very much was like the thing that really sparked a series of other business successes that have been much larger and bigger um it's the thing most people point to and say like oh this is the thing that jb did and i, I kind of go like man i did more than that you know like which is not <laughs> you know like it 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 it's what i wish was not the first thing people sort of reference right like the, the like it, to me the fulfillment business and and like the success that we had there culturally was like the really my kind of crown jewel of my career thus far. Um, uh, and I would probably put my like photography career like below that. And, you know, like there'd be other things that I'd list in there, but it's hard for me to, to kind of walk away from it or, or like diminish it because it, it absolutely was the thing that codified a lot of the things that were very important to me. And I was very passionate about, and then allowed the success of the fulfillment business to kind of like take off, you know, it, like the cash flow from that business really funded, my ability to build the logistics company. And, and, you know, so there were a lot of things in that way that, that came from it that were very positive, but, um, but yeah, you know, it's been a, it's been a fun business still has a really big audience. And, um, you know, actually uh, just yesterday I was talking to somebody from um, uh, one of the large kind of, um, you know, public media networks that uh, about like, what is the 2.0 version of this business? Like what is the kind of like audience that you can build off of its back and kind of like move on from it in a, you know, more meaningful way, et cetera. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun brand, and, and I mean, tons of cool stuff have come of that uh, of it too. Like, you know, I well, to, uh, you know, DM regularly with like Casey Musgraves and JJ and like you know, like famous people who followed the account and liked it, and you know that kind of stuff. Well, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I uh, now more than ever, I think we all need a good laugh, right? Yeah, I mean, and and the power of a whether it's from the the humor or just the power of a smile. The power yeah. of a good laugh. Like, I, I, you know, when's the last time, you know, clearly not enough, well, at least, at least not enough in my life. I would, I'd love to do it once a day, but you know, yeah. h- how often do we get those deep, deep mischievous belly laughs that are just so out of control? We're like gasping for air to breathe, you know? I mean, yeah, th- those are beautiful, beautiful moments. And, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, again, I, I love one of the things I admire about you is that no matter how, intense and focused and professional and substantive the, the business that you're building you've always had you know the ability to, to still crack a smile find humor and 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 notice notice the good in others despite all the pressure of of being a ceo but so let me bring it back to you for a second you know one of the things yeah. that most people don't get unless they are also business owners is just how tough it can be you know yeah. and i'm not saying that it's without its rewards, but just, it can be really hard at times in a way that many people just don't get. And when you get on the other side of those tough spots, what do you do to award you yourself uh, and celebrate you uh, for having crossed that, that rough spot just to, to recharge and to celebrate you. you, I wouldn't say that I was like, terribly good at that kind of practice um 
for a long time. I think, you know, I've, I've gotten a lot better at recognizing like when I need that and, and like when, um, you know, I, I'll benefit from it. You know, um, I think I, in a, in a big way, really, um, you know, I, I think for me, like, wash rinse repeat was the reward it was like wow i, I met I, I got to the top of this kind of like scenario cool it's over what's the next one like looking for that versus kind of like allowing myself some time to sort of gestate on what you know um what that meant or like what i what i got out of it or like what i learned you know so i, I think that you know i i still have kind of a lot of um a lot of like work to do in in really creating that mental space i think you know post exit um a big component for me is really trying to build reps around like the things that i know like move the needle in in terms of like recharging and re refilling the cup um and and yeah and so how, how do you recharge how do you know what does a recharging look like for you everybody's different uh, i mean you what know, does that look like for you well that, that's what i'm getting at is i think like historically it, it kind of has been like okay what's the next project you know like you know, like, <laughs> yep. and like in a way like finding a sort of a new endeavor has been it you know which um is great like i think when i'm purely freelance and i'm purely kind of like which was how i spent the majority of the first part of my career uh but like that doesn't translate terribly well into like building a like an enterprise and like really scaling it and that so that's really where I think I, I've struggled a little bit is that like what I didn't do a good enough job of is really finding an alternate approach, right? Whether that's like kind of exercise or that's, um, you know, travel or, 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 you know, just purely time off. Like, so, um, so yeah, to be just, honest, just, just for the, just for the record, JB, you're, you're yeah. in really good company. Cause I found that most CEOs, most business owners put it plainly suck. Yeah. At, at giving permission to themselves to, take time off to recharge to just do some stuff for them. Right. Um, and I also hear from everybody that, you know, God, uh, I need it. Right. Yeah. Really being honest about it, man, I'm human too. Yeah. And, uh, we all need it. Yeah. Um, so I, I just want to acknowledge that it's tough. It's something we all struggle with. Um, yeah. uh, and to your point, unintuitively, um, I think the better you are at that, uh, it will help you scale your mm -hmm. business and help positively impact others. Um, mm -hmm. But it's hard. Yeah. So one, one of the questions I've been dying to ask you uh, um, is, you know, share with us, if you would, what is the best gift you've ever received from someone in a mm -hmm. business relationship? Uh, Two-part question. And then what is the best gift you've ever given someone? And and if you would explain to to, to the listeners and, and to me why they were both so meaningful to you. Mm. Um I think the best gift um you know I, I would break it into kind of like a series of chunks. I think like um you know the 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 best the best the best gift i've gotten in a business relationship has been really like as a function of running salseda uh it's happened in kind of a series of scenarios here over the, the last year and a half has been like 
um, and, and a little bit before we left the company too, um, was just like the acknowledgement in return um, of what people who had worked for us felt like they got out of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, uh, you know, organizations get really, you know, uh, focused obviously for great reason on like making sure the employees feel really acknowledged and seen and, and engaged with. And, um, yeah. you know, I think that like kind of lonely at the top, uh, you know, sort of, um, storyline is 100% accurate and and you can really feel uh, like you're giving it your all to really support everybody else and make sure they all feel like taken care of and all of that. Um, yet, like kind of find yourself repeatedly like, man, it doesn't matter what I do. Like, I don't really feel like I'm getting acknowledged for all of the energy. And, and you know, it's like, it's never good enough as a leader. And I'm not really, you know, like, and we built to be clear like a, a company that had a really high emps and like very engaged and happy people and you know even when they're really happy they're still frustrated about things which you want them to be able to speak up about and and like continue to improve on the organization their experience there but as a leader it can kind of feel like you're never really doing enough right like you you you, yeah. you know like as an employee you're you're you know, you're really happy when you go into a quarterly review or year end review and your boss tells you, you nailed everything. You're great. You know, and there's like really mm-hmm. not a lot of negative feedback, Like you, you, you know, maybe they give you, you, a tip or, you know, tips on like what to like improve on. Um, but for the most part, you're like, okay, cool. Stop at the good stuff. Like I'm out. Like I, I you know, my cup <laughs> is full. but like with the company, you're sort of designing a, an organization around the idea that like, you actually really want to go like lean into the suck and like, tell us like what, what components of this, you know, aren't working and like, please be very honest and like, you know, really go there. Um, but it can get very, you know, like, you know, it it can be hard to tune out the, and and understand the context of kind of like why people are sharing certain things. So I think for me, the, the, the best gift was always, uh, I mean, I I had a card, I think I I still have it somewhere where it's like a guy wrote like a card to me and he said, you know, thanks so much for being a great boss. Like all of the others that I had were assholes, you know? And, and like that that was like it was such a crap wow. like straight answer or like straight to the point know, like literally yeah. just like for him it wasn't nuanced it was just like these these people were all terrible you were great like and that that like was really nice and and there've been you know a series mm. of text messages and, and emails that have gotten from people um after I, la- I left our last company of people who reached out and were just like wow like I don't think I realized how good we had it working for you, you know, and mm. like those types of comments, like later on, actually not even in the moment, like later on in retrospect, when people have the full context of having worked w- with me and, and at our company and, you know, then they can kind of compare their experience there to other places. Like that has been very meaningful and like very has, has really meant a lot to me in a big way um, <clears throat> to get that, you know, kind of feedback from people. So um yeah, I would I would say that's probably the best gift I've gotten. Well, let me just acknowledge that too, because I think people sometimes look up to CEOs and business owners and go, "Oh, they have it all." Yeah, but um, you know, I, I, it, it, the power of a thank you mm-hmm. is is just cannot be overestimated. I mean, it's meaningful, 100%. right? And so I, I I I love hearing that from you and. Um, as a uh, uh, a side note, kind of a fun exercise that I encourage people to do 
um, is to find somebody in your life that you you have that you feel grateful for that they've done something that you really really appreciate. It can be a friend, a family member, boss, whoever, um, and write them a letter, like a one page letter, just sharing what it is that about them or the relationship that's so meaningful to you. Mm-hmm. Call that person up and say, "Hey, can I come by? I, I, I wrote something for you. Can I come by and read it to you?" Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then you go to them. You set a meeting. Go to them for the pure purpose of just reading this to them and then giving them the letter. Mm-hmm. If you want to blow somebody away, try that. I mean, it's just it's crazy, and no one does that, right? Everyone when we set meetings, or, or you know, there's there's something about the meeting. There's a goal. There's a a, a transaction there's a, a checklist there's a to-do there's a whatever you know there's something it's rare when we connect purely to say thank you mm-hmm. and and I, what i love about what you shared is just how powerful that can be so mm-hmm. uh you know want to encourage mm-hmm. everybody listening to this uh experiment with that play with that and see see uh see what comes of that so that that yeah. was the most meaningful uh gift and boy, that just speaks to me. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about how, you know, a- any notable gifts that you made or shared uh, uh, with somebody along the way. Yeah. You know, I think, um, I-, I think the written word is like really powerful because it, it, uh, it means a lot to like say something for sure. But I think, you know, um, I'm always a, a fan of, of any instance in which you can kind of let people know that you're thinking about them when they're not around. You know, I, I have this like kind of philosophical view of, of kind of like heaven and hell as being really just like the mind's space and share that is afforded to you both positively or negatively after you die. Right. Like um, that, you know, I mean, it's kind of, almost like the the core sort of concept of the movie Coco, right? Like the, you know, if, when, when you die, if people don't remember you, then like you're, you, you kind of die forever, like permanently, you know? And, um, and I think, you know, part of what makes me feel that way about, you know, all like just that philosophy is that um, like how positive of kind of like a pop and like a feeling you get when you find out that someone was talking about you when you weren't around, like in a, in like a good way, you know, or like, uh, you're driving down the road and, you know, or, or you're sitting on your couch and you get a text message from someone who you haven't talked to in a long time. And they're like, Hey, just letting you know, I'm thinking about you, you know, like that kind of energy, I think go, it goes a really long way with me. And, and um, so uh, yeah, some of my favorite gifts I would say are um, that I've given are, are these kind of like moments where I've sat down and like just written something to someone and and just like really taken the time to not just say like, even like I'm thinking about you or I care about you, but like the why, you know? And so, um, you know, the, 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 like assigning, uh, not complexity, but, but more form around the emotion of, of like why someone's important to you, I think goes a really long way. And so, yeah, over the years, that's really been the, a big kind of practice of mine is to try to like lean into that and, and like make it, um, something that I can give people or, or like, you know, uh, they can kind of like revisit later on in time when, you know, it's like a meaningful sort of thing to have. So I love that. Is that, is that today in the way that you do that? Is that written on paper? Is that sent electronically? How do you, it's a mixture of things. I mean, you know, I have a a good friend who, um, 
you know, ran, ran for office and, uh, um, you know, well, I, I mean, I guess it's not really a secret, but like, um, but uh, George P. Bush, who's a, who's a friend of mine and, um, you know, he, he, he ran a really hard campaign against someone, you know, uh, and, and, um, I thought he deserved to win and, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, I, I would even say just, you know, ideologically, he and I aren't necessarily on the same page, but like, I like him as a human being. I think he really, um, you know, is very passionate about Texas and, and things like that. And I, I was walking around the Alamo, you know, around a little after he had lost the election, but not before he had left office. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I, I, I just, while I was walking around the grounds and like watching and seeing like all the work that he had done to really kind of re-envision like you know he he made this point a while back uh that you know the the alamo is is more akin to gettysburg than it is Mm. to an amusement park yet around the alamo's grounds are a ripley's believe it or not and like all of these kind of like buildings and and businesses that really have no business Operate hmm. right next door to a place in which you know hundreds of of you know people died you know in defense of that like you know battle and and all of that and and um and so the work that has been done to really sort of bring state level resources to that site and and like support the city and and really kind of like bring private dollars to come in and like help re envision not retell the story but like re envision it in a more sort of respectful and meaningful way that's also deeper and like isn't just this like okay cool we got a photo in front of it we're out of here it's really like respected in the way that you do a Gettysburg or anything else like that that I think is really powerful and you know and so I, I walked around the, the 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 grounds and I like I was just moved by like the energy and and uh the comparison mentally of, of what it is now versus what it was when I went as a kid and where it's going to be even once they're done with all the work and you know, and yeah, and it, it it took nothing for me, I think, you know, to 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 take that time and, and write that. But, um, you know, I just I let them know, like, uh, it, look, it, it sucks to have this like very public loss and very public, you know, uh, defeat um, and, and to have um, been characterized the way he had been relative to his family and all, all of these things. Um, you know, but know that like your legacy is that you really helped move this thing in a direction that is going to be very meaningful and important and, and whatever, you know, and, uh, Mm -hmm. and, 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 and one of the things that I've, I've always respected about him and part of the reason that, that I, I I would actually say that he has been, you know, part of the inspiration for me to kind of do this practice was because over the years, as as I had successes and things that I was sharing, like I, I'd get a note in the mail from him, you know, and, and it was Mm -hmm. by him and, ink and you know on on his you know little card stock and um and that always just meant a lot you know I mean, he was a very busy guy and was doing a lot of great work for the state and um you know to get these these kind of like moments in in time uh, you know many of which i've saved uh have just meant something you know and, and I, I think that that's um yeah it just it, it 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 you know it goes back to what i said about you know the the like thing with employees like just when you know that someone yeah. knows that you did a thing that is more powerful than like anything else you can get, you know? And, and so, um, so that's become, you know, like, uh, a big practice for me. I love that. And inspires me to, to get a little bit better about writing cards. Yeah. So two quick, two quick questions left. Uh, one, 
um, you know, in a smaller, innovative, fast-growing and entrepreneurial company, it's vital, obviously, to encourage uh, your people to, to have the willingness to try new things and fail. But on the other hand, as business owners, we also need to create a culture of accountability. Right. How do you, you know, what was your approach to, to, to balancing those two, two sometimes seemingly opposite values? I mean, I just think that like, you know, clarity is kindness, you know? So I, I, to me, you can, if anything, they're actually, I don't actually think that they're counterproductive or intuitive or whatever. Cause I think like your ability to hold someone accountable comes from your ability to like develop trust with them. If someone doesn't trust you, then they're not likely or willing, they're probably unwilling to be held accountable. Mm. But if, if there's strong trust, then I think, you know, they actually want it's to safer. To... Yeah. It's safer. And like, you just want to maintain the relationship. So you're more willing to be held, you know, like, so I, yeah, I, I, I think that like, you know, the only thing that makes it sort of, um, you know, uh, you know, counterproductive or counterintuitive, whatever you want to describe it is like sometimes the sort of like the wrong approach to culture management or leadership, which is like the desire for leaders to be liked. And what, mm-hmm. and so in, if that's your approach is to maintain that like uh, decorum or like preserve that sort of like, um, you know, stability, then I think that you absolutely will uh, run into kind of a world or, or scenario where, you know, it is counterproductive, you know, because like you're trying to maintain being liked by your team, which is not really the goal here. The goal is to drive results. And uh, even the, the you know, some of the like hardest, most intense kind of like um, accountability conversations, if there's a high level of trust in retrospect, after you get out of the discomfort, the people who are being on are on the receiving end of it will respond with with a lot of thanks that you know they were got checked into performing in the way that they need to you know so um yeah so that's kind of my philosophy on it i appreciate that it's a hard thing to get right but yeah um, i i really what resonated with me is your point about that trust which is so interesting to me i've, I've not heard anybody else talk about it in that way but and listening to you describe that, it makes total sense because if you're scared you're not going to be open about admitting what went well what didn't go well you're just going to be focused on CYA as opposed to just being able to openly talk about that. So that's Correct. awesome. And then lastly, so what advice do you have for folks that uh, are just starting out that, that might harbor the ambition to, to, you know, uh, be able to be a CEO, a business owner, like you've been and are uh, one day to be the founder. Um, you know, what, what advice would you give them to help them kind of when they're early in their journey um, I know it's a really, really big question, but, um, you know, uh, what kind of parting words of advice would you give somebody to encourage them on this journey? That's been so rewarding personally, uh, and professionally for, for you and your family. For me, it's, it's not, really just, um, you know, get started. Like, I, I think that, you know, there's never, it's never too late to start a business. It's never too late to start asking for help. It's never too late to start considering things that you didn't consider previously. Like, I, but I think that like analysis paralysis is probably the thing that prevents companies from getting started. It prevents them from growing. It's it's like it tends to be the the like you know the aversion to action uh, is is a big sort of roadblock. And so um, 
you know, there are other people who've done this before. So just asking around uh, can help you get, you know, the rocket off the launch pad. Um, you know, avoiding the the sort of like pitfalls of, of the early stage of business is also an easy thing to solve for because there have been a lot of people that have done it. So, you know, just start a business and just start asking for help. And, you know, uh, you can get there a lot faster than, you know, what I think a lot of other people can or do uh, who who tend to be more closed and, and guarded in their approach to building. So, well, you certainly learn by doing, and I've yeah. never met yet anybody who's, who's had a perfect plan that that all they did is follow it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's that person out there, but I've never heard of him, never met him. Uh, JB, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I mean, yeah. you've shared some really fun stories and meaningful uh, uh, advice, and I love hearing more about what has made you and, and your team successful. Yeah. Um, you know, I appreciate you joining us for the benefit of our listeners today. I mean, like you said, none of us can do this alone. And it helps so much to hear how other owners and CEOs um, are dealing with all the curveballs that mm -hmm. we face when in, in life, but in certainly in building a business. So I look forward to following you and hearing more about your continued success. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, that was awesome. Course. Yeah, of course, man. Yeah. Thanks for uh, having me on. Thank you for listening to the Celebrate Like a CEO podcast. If you are a successful business owner or CEO and want to be a guest on our show, be sure and reach out by sending me an email to stefan at whitwell.net and put celebrate in the subject line. We'd love to hear your story. If you like what you hear, please don't forget to share, subscribe, and leave a review. Be sure to tune in every Monday morning for a new episode. And remember, Celebration is the key to success without burnout.